All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Daily Dimensions. If you're listening, you know it's a Monday. We're coming out each and every Monday. And now you're tuned in to <laughs> to your boy Smitty, but I'm also here with my good friend, friend of 21 years, 21 long years of friendship, my friend Isaiah Sheffield Thurgood. Welcome to the show, Isaiah. Thank you. And uh, before we get started, are you on any social media at all, any platforms where people can find you or anything like that? Are you active on socials? Um, I'm not active on my Facebook, but uh, shit, what do I got? Facebook and Twitter. You got LinkedIn? <laughs> I definitely have LinkedIn. You can definitely look me up on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> and please, when you link me, make sure that you, you know, co- co-sign my skills. <laughs> Say, you co-sign know, all the skills, yeah, make yeah, sure everything valid. Rules, you know, Isaiah Shepard Thurgood on LinkedIn. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Isaiah underscore RMF. Uh, but that's about it. I'm not really on the social media. Like okay, that. okay. Yeah. Well, at least you're on the LinkedIn, man. Yeah. Grow I mean, that network. Yeah. So, Isaiah, um, a lot of things we're going to cover today. One of the biggest things that I want to start with is your political aspirations. Okay. You know, since I've, I wouldn't, I don't want to say since I've known you because I've known yeah. you forever, but yeah. within the last 10 years, last decade, you know, yeah. it's it's been very apparent that you have strong political aspirations from, yeah. you know, just how you move the the organizations you find yourself with, the work you've done in the community, the people you align yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I've also known you so long, yeah. I knew you before the aspirations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, uh, me and Isaiah, we've known each other since first grade. And then in sixth grade, something happened. I don't know if you want to elaborate on that, but, um, all right, so we just jump right into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so around sixth grade, I mean, so I mean, we could put it long story, sh- long story short. Um, I was not the best behaved kid, and so you know the administration at school got tired of me, uh, <laughs> and uh, I had to get out of it. So um, I was sent down to Virginia in the sixth grade when I was eleven to go live with my older sister and her family, and um, I stayed there for four years until I came back when I was fifteen. Now, this is like pre-social media, yeah. pre-cell phone. Like when Isaiah left in sixth grade, Isaiah was gone. Yeah, I was gone. Yeah. <laughs> and like I didn't hear from him from sixth grade to high school. And all of a yeah. sudden, I just I'm walking down the hall and I'm like, Isaiah? Yeah. Like, damn, you got me. I was looking for you. <laughs> I ain't know nobody. Yeah. I was, it was just me and Olivia. It was just me and my sister out there. So I, yeah, I was looking for you. I was looking for you. I was looking for Lakai. I was looking for David. Who else was I looking for? Um, Just everybody, man. Yeah, everybody, yeah. But to to see you go from being someone who was removed from school, magnet school at that, this was a good school, and then to grow into this person who's now, you ended up becoming like student government president. Yeah. You know, so so what switched? Where did that turn from? I'm just this unruly kid to (laughs) I'm trying to be the president, (laughs) you know? Well, you know... Should I move this up a little bit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get direct. You feel me? All right, cool. You're good. Is that better right there? Hmm? Well, I feel like I'm talking to my own ear. <laughs> <laughs> it's the power of the good quality, man. Word, word, word. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, when I was young, when I was, you know, around that age, you know, you know where we're from, you know. Uh, what's up? Oh, okay. Being here in, in Bridgeport, you know, a, a lot of us end up kind of as products of our environment. And, you know, I'm, I'm from a, like, my parents did a really good job, you know, but you can't really control what happens outside of the household too much, you know, as a parent. And so 
uh, just the the environment that I was in, especially at school, you know, like the type of the type of things that you know we thought were cool, you know, the type of things, you know, the type of impressions that we had uh, to kind of to work with, led me to have a certain type of how do I put it, you know, because I'm 11, you know, I'm not thinking about the world yeah. in these terms and shit, but you know, if I could put it in my adult sociological terms, <laughs> uh, you know, I was socialized. You know, outside of my outside of my home, to have a certain worldview, and you know, my parents are great, but not you know, not everybody in, in my family is on the same type of time. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> to 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 be concise with it, you know, you've met my family members, you know, <laughs> they're all very different. <laughs> it's a wide assortment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so so all that said, you know, I was just I was kind of walling, you know, and then when they got tired of me and kicked me out, um, and I got sent down to Virginia, you know, my my sister. And her husband, so they were well. Her ex-husband now, um, but they were you know doing pretty well for themselves. Mm. Uh, both ex-military. Uh, he was a pastor and uh, worked in like tech, I think. And um, you know they had they, they three kids, my my two uh, two nephews and my niece, that, and they more like uh, you know my sister and my two brothers now. Um, but yeah, I don't like this mic being in front of my face. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm just, I keep trying to move my move my face away from the mic. It's okay. You got to do it, man. Um, but yeah, so. You remember Ed, Ed and Eddie? Yeah. You know how they lived in a cul-de-sac? Yeah. I didn't know that real cul-de-sacs it, like existed. You know, where like where like kids <laughs> hung out and shit. Now, you know, we could find a cul-de-sac anywhere, really. But you know, so moving down there, you know, they were doing well for themselves. They lived in the suburbs, you know. You know how them you know how you in certain suburbs is like military, you know, like a lot of military yeah, families yeah, out yeah, there, yeah. you know, they all, you know, got they got the, you know, the house and the dog and shit like that, you know. I had not experienced that here here in Bridgeport, you know, growing up. Here in Bridgeport, you know, I, I hung out in the greens, you know, with my cousins. You know, I hung out like on the east, you know, with my cousins and uh at the Sheen Center. <laughs> you know, definitely like, at the Sheen Center. And all we you know, Sheen. you know, all we did was, you know, you know, so it went from, you know, stealing shit and like fighting kids and shit like that to I'm down there in the suburbs and I'm like, Oh, y'all y'all play outside? Like say <laughs> so y'all don't gotta live in fear out here? Is yo, different. yo, we no, I remember the first the first time that they told me to go play outside. I was like, What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, you know, like, what do you mean play outside? Like, you know, because that's just, that wasn't a thing on Vine Street, you know? Like, nah. You've been to Vine Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, not, it's not kids out there. You know what I mean? Like, um, but uh, so going down there and just seeing that people could live very differently was really what started to spark a change in me. I was like, what the fuck? Like, y'all go outside. You play until, you know, it gets dark outside. You know, you, you just hang out with other kids from the neighborhood. And that was a wonderful experience for me. Um, not the entire experience in Virginia was wonderful, but, like, just – that right there, being able to kind of see that there's a different way that people live. There's another life out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, like not the whole world is Bridgeport because as a kid, you don't have an idea that there are other people living differently than you. You know what I that's mean? That's a like, fact. All you know is what's around you. Exactly. And so if that's all you know, that's what you internalize. And then that's who you become well, to a degree, you know. Um, so, you know, if your environment is telling you what's important, telling you how to live, you know, telling, telling you, you know, like certain uh, aspirations are what you yeah. should be. You know, I wanted to be, <laughs> yeah. yo, when 50 Cent dropped, what was that? What was that? Like, when 50 Cent and G-Unit came out, you know, it was I like fifth, sixth grade? Yeah. Fifth grade? That gra- yo, that, yeah. I wanted to be just like 50. You know, I wanted to be a whole, 50 was inspiration. Yo, real shit. I was about you to know? be running on a treadmill with them tiny white yo, meters. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted some yo. G-Unit sneakers so bad, yo, bro. But, but like, for me, you know, I was always a big picture kid. You know, I, I've always, like, by nature, I'm a big picture person. Yeah. And so, what I connected that I, like, and I'm not, you know, trying to blame 50 or nothing like that, but like that archetype, you know, mm. and like, people, you know, like my older cousins, you know, whom I think are the coolest shit, you know, like my my older cousins that's like, you know, rappers and shit, like they're or trying to be, you know what I mean? Like, and mm. I'm like, I'm like, as 
six really, you know, I'm 11. You know, I think they're the coolest motherfuckers <laughs> in the world. You know what I'm saying? Coolest on the planet. And that's who I'm trying to be like. And that's how I behave. But when I went down to Virginia, and uh, the last time I got suspended was I had an altercation with a kid. And I got my ass beat after that. Um, but but like, I realized, like, you know, it was just, there was more out there. And that by virtue of, like, just changing how I how I saw the world, that I could I could get there, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It didn't have to be like that. And so I think another really salient moment for me when I came back uh, to Virginia, because I learned a lot, excuse me, not to Virginia, to Bridgeport. I learned a lot of things in Virginia. You know, I, I learned a lot. Um, my uncle, when I was 15, I was uh, I was just chilling in my room one time. My uncle had come over, you know, so I'm back at my mother's house at the time, right? Okay, so you're back in Bridgeport. Yeah, I'm back in Bridgeport. I'm back in Bridgeport. I'm with my mother, um, living with my mother and my sister. And my uncle had come over. He was, you know, Gentleman, whatever. Um, and he said he had an interview. And he asked me if I knew how to tie a tie. And this is a grown man. He's in his 40s. Wow. And I'm 15. And I taught my uncle right there how to tie a tie because I had been taught in Virginia. But you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. like, you know, so it was just that right there to me highlighted. I was like, yo, people are living very differently out here. People are not getting the skills or are not even having the awareness that there's an entirely different way of living out yeah, here, you know? Yeah. And so it really highlighted to me, and I couldn't articulate it with my 15-year-old vocabulary, you know? <laughs> but I was like, okay, it's obviously that, it's obvious that there's a, there's a there's a there's a some dissonance here. There's a disparity between how people in these types of environments, how people in Bridgeport are seeing life and how people outside of Bridgeport are seeing life. And you don't realize how you see in life and how it might be very narrow. You know, like the mm-hmm. hood isn't everywhere. You know, I thought everywhere was the hood. When I was 11, I thought everybody lived the same because I had no yeah. idea. And so seeing that other people live differently really just changed my mindset. Um, and I started fucking up in high school. I'm going to be honest, you know, because I kind of. <laughs> I, I, I mean, high school is a roller coaster for everybody, though. High school was terrible. <laughs> you know, high school was trash. I dude. loved high school. I'd do it again. <clears throat> you was what? You was like a football champion and shit. You was, <laughs> that was like nah. the second half of high school. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, you know, like coming back, you know. Because when I was in Virginia, I was in a church environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in an environment where, like, you know, don't bring home a seat. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't bring home a seat. So you bet not. <laughs> yeah. So so I was in a very different environment. And coming back to Bridgeport, um, and, you know, like, the kids have very different values. And, you know, that's very important. You know, what's cool, what's not in high school. That's very important to a motherfucker yeah. in high school, you yeah. know. So I was trying to, you know, assimilate again. And so I started falling off and so on and so forth. Um, but what was the question directly? You was asking me how I went from there. <laughs> you were asking me how I went from, from there. From from that to now, S- you went to becoming an SGA president to now you're at the right. number one uh, program for, 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 what is it, public administration? Yes, master's In public. the country? Yes. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so I'll try to give you the, the abbreviated version. Um, but basically, you know, I, I made it through high school. And uh, I was probably going to go into the military, but then uh, I got this acceptance for WestCon. And honestly, the only thing that made me go to WestCon was I really liked the envelope that they sent. You know what? The, I, the envelope is yeah, what did it. Yeah, because <laughs> I got accepted. I got accepted to all the state schools because um, I did really well on like the SAT, or at least pretty good on the SAT. Yeah, my grades was trash. SAT was good, you know, and that just reflected that. I wasn't stupid, but you know, it was I wasn't putting forth the effort because I didn't care about school. Absolutely, in high school, right? Yeah. And so, um, make, having made it into these schools, and uh, you know, I liked the envelope that WestCon sent me. So I went to WestCon. You went to WestCon. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we, yeah, we, lot, know, like we all I, went for very different reasons. Yeah, but we ended up there. Yeah, and we all like, and we knew we we knew where we was going, right? So yeah, we were like yeah, bet you know. So um, 
and uh, oof, almost forgot about lacrosse. Um, I was playing. I start we started playing lacrosse. So I started playing lacrosse junior year of high school, and uh, I really fell in love with the sport. Um, shout out to Bridgeport Youth Lacrosse. If anybody from Bridgeport Youth Lacrosse listens to this, um, so uh, you know, I got I got involved with Bridgeport Youth Lacrosse, and uh, I wanted to continue playing the sport, and that's what really kind of sealed the deal for me with college. Yeah, um, but it didn't matter what university. I just wanted to play. You know, play college. That's lacrosse. the same reason I went to West Con. Yeah. I was like, I want to keep playing football. And yeah. Other schools gave me more money and better opportunities, but I was like, I'm playing football, so yeah, I went to WestCon. So exactly, I could understand that. Yeah, so um, so I ended up being the first, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I was the first uh, Bridgeport Central lacrosse player in like in recent history to play in college, and I was the first Bridgeport youth lacrosse player to play in college out of the program, and so like that was a big deal for me. You know, I was kind of like the the forerunner, and so that was a, a really huge aspect of my college career. Um, but then the transition came um, when I was late freshman year. So I, I mm. come in as a psych major. Um, if any any incoming freshmen are listening to this podcast, just know you do not have to choose your major. Be explore shit, right? Because I came in as a, as a psych major, hated psych, hated psych. I thought, you know, from AP psychology, I'm like, oh, I'm good at that shit. Oh, I'm a major in psychology in college. Be a psychologist. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Once I found out that math was involved, nah, nah, nah. nah I forgot nah. you were even a psych major. Yo, I was a psych major, yeah. Because um, everybody knows me as the poli sci major. But let me tell you how I got there, right? So, <laughs> so one day, you know, um, and this is really, this is really the 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 instance that that put me on the path that I that I've been on. Because, um, like I said, I've always been a big picture dude. Yeah. You know, by nature. Um, and so one day I was just walking by the student center, you know, at, on West Con campus, and uh, I was hungry. I, I saw my RA in this big room. Uh, he was eating pizza and stuff like that. I didn't know what was going on. It turned out that there was this professor. Uh, West Con was doing this, like, series where professors would meet with students and kind of have dinner and tell them about their experiences and shit. And, and this professor, he was uh, he was formerly in the CIA. Uh, he Yikes. was t- Yeah. Um, you remember this, this dude, Dr. Cook? Always, yeah. always smiling He had and a shit. book and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. cool ass motherfucker. Um, so... He was talking about this mission, you know. He was being vague because you know he was in the CIA and shit. But uh, he was talking about, you know, how he was in this in this country. Um, I forget where the fuck he was, but he was out in this country. He wasn't American, right? So he was out in some foreign country, and um, the people in the area that he was operating in, <coughs> they were doing bad. I'm sorry, I'm sick. Woo. All right, there we go. But uh, the the people in the, in the area that he was operating in, they were you know suffering from a lot of water issues, mm. and. Uh, I wasn't paying any attention to the to the conversation and shit like that. I wasn't being, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was just there for pizza, right? Uh, but I started listening in because he was like, yeah, you know, people were dying of dehydration and, you know, like water disease and so on and so forth. I'm like, what the fuck? And he was saying that the reason that that was happening was because there was a corporation out there buying up the water resources, buying up the clean water resources. Yeah. And, and people couldn't afford that shit. Doing them dirty. Doing them filthy, right? And I and I was dumbfounded. I'm blown away, right? And I asked the, the professor, you know, I was like, wait a second. And, you know, it's mad people in the room, though, because this is a public dinner, whatever, right? I asked him, I was like, yo, this was legal? He was like, yeah, you know, this was legal. You know, we couldn't do anything about it. That wasn't even my mission. That was just something that was happening. You know, that's something that we observed while we were there. And I couldn't sleep later that night. I was like, what the fuck? Because what, sh- <laughs> what struck me, I was like, yo, how could this be happening to these people? Yeah, how could this be allowed? Right. How could this be legal? You know, how could, you know, uh, a corporation, a company, you know, the corporations got money. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are they doing this to these people? Well, that's how they get their money, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, what really, really stuck with me, not only, you know, was the situation that he was telling me about, or rather telling the, the group about, but when he said that, I looked around the room and everybody was just like, mm, you know, 
like shrugs. It's I was, cool. I was like, it's what right. the? F-? I was the only one like. So it's not happening here. So it's okay. Yo, I was fucked up about it. And I was like, because it, it, it hit me right then and there. I'm like, not only are these things happening around the world, like these crazy injustices, you know, people are living in conditions that we've never even heard of, but people aren't doing anything. People And people don't care. And that, that shit stuck with me. I couldn't sleep that night. I couldn't sleep the next couple Like, I was just up. Like, I started Googling all different types of world issues and <laughs> shit. I was fucked up. Like, I'm like, man, I got to be eco-warrior. You know, like, I'm, I'm fucked <laughs> up. About to turn into Captain Planet. <laughs> <Yo. laughs> Definitely Captain Planet. Um, and so, so yeah. So, you know, I just I just didn't think that was right. It didn't sit well with me. And so I ran into that professor again. And, uh... <laughs> I was telling him, I was like, look, Professor Cook, like, I couldn't sleep. Like, I'm just fucked up. I feel like I got to do something. Can you direct me? He was like, maybe you should take a political science course. Um, you know, see how you feel about it. And I fell in love, man. I fell in love with political science. And I was like, this is, this is the path, you know. I'm going to take this path. I want to help people. You know, I want to be able to combat injustice. I want to be able, you know, I wasn't articulate that, articulating it that way, but I want to be able to combat injustice. You know, I want to be able to just do as much good as I can. And <coughs> if the way to go about that is through the law, mm. is through government, is through creating policy, then let's get it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. And, you know, I and, and from there, I try to kind of form myself into a person that was capable of doing that, you know, because I'm from Bridgeport, you know, I'm not from money, you know, I'm, I don't have any connections or anything like that. But I said to myself, if I can make myself the best, if I can exceed expectations, if I can form myself into a leader, and to somebody who can lead people and inspire people to make positive change, then fuck it, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go all out, you know. And that's, yeah. and that's what I determined, you know. I, I felt like you know, I really found my purpose, and uh, I was just activated after that, man. <laughs> I was activated. So, um, from for political science courses, and then I uh, I became an RA, um, became an RA, you know, because that was a leadership role. Because you know, I I knew I had to take on leadership roles, but I didn't know where to start. So I became an RA in college, and that was pretty cool. And then from there, you know, I joined the, the student government, um, became a senator, and then from there, and I, you became president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what's funny? You know, it was funny because people didn't expect me to win the SGA presidency. You know, the the president before me, he was the first black pre- SGA president at Westcon, um, and he actually endorsed the my biggest contender, who was his former vice president of finance. And she was the president of a sorority. So, like, the odds, everybody thought the odds. Yeah, the stupid. odds are definitely yeah. not in your favor. Yeah, yeah. but, yeah. like, I mean, I'm a smart motherfucker. I mean, I, I'm a political <laughs> science major. And I, and I study how to win elections. You know, I, I study that shit. And so I was like, all right, I formed a plan based off of what I learned. And uh, I killed that shit, and I won. Had to master the game, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she had her whole team, and her, her whole team got elected. So, you know, like, you run on a ticket, you know. So she mm. ran with the president, vice president, so on and so forth. I won by myself, and I got her whole ticket. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. now you're in charge of a bunch of people who wasn't really trying <clears throat> to rock with you. Yeah, exactly, exactly, okay. yeah. But no, nah, we, yeah. we, we made some, we made some real, cool, uh, real cool impacts. But, you know, um, I wasn't the most popular president, especially with, you know, some of the more, some of the people that were really into the idea of student government. They're like, ooh, we're student government. Ooh, we're Yeah, I was... Cause I was a senator at one point. Yeah, you and was I, a I, I went to maybe like two, three meetings, and yeah. bro, the energy is different there. You can tell when people are like there to play the game yeah. of politics. Yeah, and it, I, I didn't like it. I said, I'm not doing this. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not here to play games. You know, I'm like, I'm here to shake this shit up. You know, so like, I remember one time, you know, for homecoming, I'll tell you some shit you probably didn't even know about. Um, 
for homecoming, they had like this uh, SGA presidents reunion, and it's a it's a reunion just for SGA presidents. It's in like a private room, catered, nice food, money, snazzy, yo, alcohol, and it's during the homecoming game. We sit with the with the university president and shit like that, chop it up, all cool. And this comes out of the student fund, you know, like your, you know your, your your student activity fee that 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 feeds the student government was paying for y'all dinner. And so when they sat me down and it was like, yo, I said, you know, you're the president. You, you, you got to start planning the SGA president's reunion. I was like, why the fuck would we do that? I said, are the student, can the students come? They said, nah. Do the students know about it? Nah. Are the people that's going to be attendants, are they like big donors? Like, are they helping the university in some way? They was like, nah, they're former SGA presidents. Like, so. Why are we wasting these resources? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about those people. Like, you know, like, they was SGA, and that's what's up. You know, they was SGA president. Like, and, and, you know, like, if I was trying to be selfish, you know, I could have used it as a big networking opportunity. And that's actually something I kind of regret. regret. I didn't network as much as I could when I was SGA president because I was rubbing shoulders with a lot of people. You know, I, I met the president of the NCAA. Um, I met the uh, owner of Ethan Allen. Hotels, you yeah. know, you know, you remember Schmatter? You remember the Schmatter? Yeah, 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 he's on the fucking board for Ethan Allen now. Yeah, dog. Yeah, so you know, like, Schmatter was my guy. Yo. Schmatter was cool as fuck. Um, but all this goes to say, like, I was just, I, I found myself in a weird position because I, I was not really about all the pomp and circumstance. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to sh- attend, and I was still an RA at the same time while I was the president, so I was very busy. But I wasn't trying to attend all that traditional. Sh- I was like, fuck all that shit. Let's let's make students aware of who SGA is. So, you know, I set up, like, SGA awareness. They, I had all the SGA uh, uh, members either dress up or wear, like, the same colored shirt. And so people start asking about SGA. Because you would ask a student, hey, you know you, you know about SGA? They'd be like, what, Student Golf Association? You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't oh. know who the fuck, they didn't know who we were. And, and that's the type of energy. I was like, we obviously need to reform this organization because it's serving the st- the SGA is not serving the students. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So like, so yeah. So uh, so that was a, that was a pretty cool experience. But that's how I got there. Um, and uh, I ended up at Syracuse because that's the next question, right? Or, or just or leading into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 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 now you're at Syracuse, but not only are you a a student, you know, in the number one public administration program in the country, but you're also an employee, right? You're yes. probably, you were an employee first. Yes. And then took advantage of the student opportunity. So now how has that, you know, played a part in your growth and maturation process from, you know, going from a, a, a small public institution yeah. in the state of Connecticut to one of the biggest schools in the country, private institution, very different demographic, just a whole different atmosphere. How has that transformed you in a way? Woo. Navigating the student piece and the work piece. Woo. All right, cool. All right, I got you. All right, I'm going to start with the work piece. Because uh, that's what I started with first. Gotcha. Um, so I got there as an employee. Um, my whole plan was to you know work in residence life, uh, and uh, basically have my tuition paid for. Right? Because you're a full time employee, you don't have to pay tuition. You got to work the game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know. But um, I got hired before I got accepted. Right. So I had to, and my program starts in the summer. So I had to wait. Um, but as a professional, yo, I've I've grown tremendously, and it's been crazy because it, it was honestly a really rough time when I first got to Syracuse. Um, I came in there with really big ideas, like you know, like like I told you, I'm a, I'm a big picture yeah. guy. Um, I like to come in there and shake shit up, and uh, 
the role that I was coming in was actually more administrative, you know, more small time, you know, not necessarily a leadership role. So you couldn't really shake shit up. They could, no, no. I was trying. They were like, what are you doing? <laughs> why are you trying? Why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, I'm over here trying to create, you know, interdepartmental connections and shit. I'm trying to, you know, reach out to campus partners and create large scale initiatives. They're like, yo fucking organize these keys and shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yo, fucking send in your timesheet. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Say, yo, bro, just stay in line, keep your head down. Yo, exactly, right. And so to answer your question more concisely, um, being at Syracuse and working in, in this professional capacity taught me the value of that, being in line and keeping your head down. You know, um, it, it taught me it taught me a lot of different things. Um so wait, can you restate the question so I can be concise for you? <laughs> restate, restate, the question, restate the question so I can, so I can keep it. Uh, uh, how that work piece, you know, and it's a very, it's a whole other world at Syracuse. Syracuse yeah. is like its own planet. Right. You know, and how that being an employee there has broadened your outlook. Right. Okay. So it broadened my outlook in the following ways. So especially as specifically as it relates to professionalism. So first and foremost, everybody's idea of professionalism is different, right? Mm. Um, and you have to understand that your idea of professionalism may not be everybody else's idea of professionalism. Yeah. And in, in my opinion, a true professional um, recognizes that it doesn't really matter what everybody else thinks. It really matters what the organization needs, right? And so whatever organization you're working with, if you're identifying what they need, and you can kind of put your own personal shit out of there, like, oh, I don't think this should be going that way. If you're a part of an organization, contribute to the organization. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, and even if that, and even if that calls for you to be critical of the organization, because sometimes that has to happen, um, then do so. But being really attached to your own ideas of of what professionalism is is just a downfall. It really is. It doesn't help anybody. You know, because what you're doing is you're limiting your growth. Um, if you are like. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's one yeah. way to look at it. Real shit. If you if you have a really idea, rigid idea of what a professional does and how a professional behaves, then you are limiting your growth, and you are gonna, in fact, negatively impact your interactions with other people because everybody has their own values. And you know, there's a lot of people who like step into a professional space because, and I feel like, you know, sometimes in a way, schools fail us in preparing us to be professionals. Fact number two. But um, some people may see it as okay. Well, if I can't can't be myself or if I can't be a certain way then yeah. and I have to change that mm. now I'm selling out now mm. I'm I'm not keeping it real I'm yeah. not this and that so but to see it as okay maybe I'm limiting my growth Ooh, talk that's, about this, that's 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 different man because so, you know I myself work in a place where right. I, I I disagree with a lot Yo. and but I've through conversations with you I've learned that I have to like you said contribute but I also have to put some of what I feel aside. And it's more about getting the job done. Yeah. What is the work? What needs to be done? And how can we get it done? And yeah. not necessarily me trying to push my opinion. And I, I came in with a lot of pride. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, put that pride aside, boy. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's different, man. It's different. So I, it's interesting to see that you say that, you know, because a lot of people don't see it that way. A lot of people see it as they're sacrificing who they are. Mm, talk about it. And now, boom, right, so that's my next point. It's okay to be that guy. And when I say that guy, right, so, and this is something I've been kind of trying to lean into and incorporate into my own professional practice, is like, 
before previously, you know, I'm like, ooh, I'm the big idea guy. I'm the vision guy. You know, I'm the fun guy. You know, I'm the one that mm-hmm. knows how to go into a team and into an organization and inspire teams and generate new ideas and so on and so forth, right? I'm not the guy who worries about emails and, you know, I'm not <laughs> the guy who's like five minutes You're early. You're not worried about all those other things. You know, I'm not the guy, you know, so on and so forth. Um, <laughs> and it's okay to be that guy. It's okay to be that guy who sends a follow-up email. It's okay to be that person that, you know, leaves a voicemail or fucking sends a thank you card to a professional for some other for and in some other department that they helped you with some work for some work that they helped you with. It's okay to be that guy. In fact, it's useful to be that guy because once you get comfortable with checking the boxes, then you can do the shit that you want. Okay. You yeah. get what I'm saying? So my my um I have this do uh he's kind of like my mentor uh sean he worked at at syracuse he said because i was telling him i was like yo sean like they because i was having some issues at work i was like hey man uh you know my my the the, the students that i supervise you know like the the student council they they got awards you know i just got supervisor of the year you know we've got initiative of the year you know da 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 why the fuck my supervisor still up my ass like why he acting like that he's like yo what about the you know, the administrative documents and shit. I was like, fuck those documents. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck that shit. You know, so fuck, that don't matter. I got an award. Fuck this paperwork. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> look, look at the impact that we're having on the students. You know what I'm saying? But he was like, yo, look, you trying to bring the, the square peg. When they're asking you to fit the circle real quick, you have to fit the circle before you can bring the square. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I didn't really. <laughs> Mind I didn't, blown. <clears throat> yeah, I was like, oh, shit. He was like, yo, you working at a place. And they're telling you what they need, and you're telling and you're telling them no. I'm gonna give you what you need. I know better than you. Ooh, Ooh. right. And, and, and that and that's a, to to a degree that's arrogance and pride. And I had to sit back and swallow my pride and say, Oh shit, have I been arrogant in this? Ooh, maybe I'm not as good at my job as I think I am. I was mm. doing aspects of student affairs that was outside of my job. They was like, yo, where the fuck is your documents? <laughs> like, you, yo, like, we need you to submit this key. So audit. we're paying you to do A, B, and C, and yeah. you're trying to do X, Y, and Z. X, Y, Z, Q, W, all that shit. I was going crazy. You're putting up numbers in terms of initiatives, but not in terms of the, just the small, menial work. Yeah. And so basically what I'm trying to say is, as a professional, Syracuse taught me the value of getting very good at the administrative aspects of your job, at the small aspects of your job that you don't necessarily like. Because once those become habit, then you can start flexing and moving into the capacities that you really want to. You have to prove your value to the organization first. Yeah. Right? Like, especially if you're a newbie, especially if you somebody you 20 something, you know, like the fuck? They want you to just push these papers real quick. That's a fact. They're not trying That's to a fact. they're not trying to hear your groundbreaking ideas. And now you may have them, but you're not in a position to showcase them. You're not in a position to present them quite yet and for them to be considered seriously until you have proven your metal. And that right there, that right there is something I was like, oh shit. And then another thing at Syracuse, moving from moving from Westcon to Syracuse, I realized that there's a lot of fucking politics in in higher ed. There's a lot of politics in the professional in the professional space, and the best thing to do is stay out of them. The best thing to do is let your work speak for itself. Yeah, that's yeah, the, that's that's gonna speak more than what you're actually gonna say. Yo, the best thing to do is be excellent. Nobody can say nothing to you. It don't matter whether your coworkers don't like you, it don't matter whether your supervisor don't, it don't if your contributions are within the expectations of your of your role and they're good, 
What's, what can they say? What can they say to you? We don't want you here because we don't like you personally. But exactly, you know what I'm saying. Your metrics are amazing, and I think that's a very important thing for Black professionals to realize. Is that because the the reality is is that the world, you know, let's let's talk about it. The world is, yeah, you know, like uh, I think Andre three. I saw a fucking picture of Andre three thousand wearing his shirt. He said, "Across cultures, darker skinned people suffer suffer more." Why? Right, and and the fact of the matter is that darker skinned people. Are discriminated against in the workplace. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. darker skinned people have a harder time in the workplace. And the the best way that you can do that is by shitting on every the best way that you can combat that is by shitting on people in the workplace. Is by making sure that you're immaculate, right? And if it comes to a point where you like you're still facing issues at work, and I definitely did face issues at Syracuse University. It's a predominantly white university. I tried to go out there and speak my mind. I called out the chancellor on some wild shit. Well, not on some wild shit, but like some a racist incident yeah. happened at happened at Syracuse. And I went to the forum and I asked, I said, Yo, where's the chancellor's voice on this? Best believe I got called into the office. <laughs> Best believe there was like, yo. So what you doing down there calling out the chancellor? Yo, you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, and there's a. It taught me that there's a time and a space, but you yeah. also have you also have to have the footing, and you have to. And they're not going to give you the footing to have that voice in your organization. You have to build it for yourself. And a big piece too is um, restraint. Mm. You know, because you can be absolutely right. You can right. be absolutely justified, but it may not be the time and place for you to jump in and start trying to you know break down these barriers and exactly. break down these walls. Sometimes exactly. you have to like. You got to be smart about your battle. You got to yeah. pick and choose the timing. And, yeah. you know, you being a very inspired person, a very go-getter person, a person that's like, okay, this needs to be done. I'm going to knock it out. I'm thinking forward. I'm thinking ahead. We're going to, like, I'm here to make a change. Mm-hmm. But your job title is not your aspirations. Exactly. And that's something that a lot, that that, that that's huge for young professionals, young mm, black professionals. Talk about it, Smitty. Your job title is not your aspirations. Oftentimes and it's not. It, usually it doesn't line up. You know, when you go on Indeed and you look at these jobs and it says the description, like, okay, you 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 think you can do those things, so you yeah. apply for the job, but yeah. that's not your total aspiration. That's not <laughs> what you felt like your purpose was. But yeah. picking and choosing that time is 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 major because yeah. you don't you're not in a position of power when you're an employee. Ooh. You know exactly, exactly, <laughs> and they don't and they don't give a fuck about you. No, you're very disposable. Very disposable, oftentimes. And so you have to make your work indisposable. That's mm. what you got to do, right? You have to bring that value. Um, but, yeah, so like you were saying, there's, there's, a, there's a time time and place for that. Um, does that answer the question? <laughs> I'm trying to – Bro, you're good. I'm you're good. Be, I'm trying to be concise <laughs> you, you, you. definitely yeah, answered the question. I want to be long-winded. So now the student piece. Um, oh, yeah. You know, piece. because, of course, there's all those challenges you just mentioned. There's a lot of free game that your mentor is giving you. There's a lot that you're learning and navigating being – very young mm-hmm. in in this newfound space, but yeah. on top of doing all these things and growing in that capacity, now you also got to go out there and get the best grades you can. Yeah, you know. So how is it balancing that work, student, social life, whole aspect there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, it had been difficult. I'm gonna be honest with you. It had been difficult uh, to to begin with. Um, because it is a graduate program and it is the best one in the country, and so they take themselves very seriously. They have a high standard for the work that you put that you put out there. Um, so, so that said, um, how it changed me was I realized that I could not put forth 
65 or 75 percent at westcon I, I felt like a big fish in a small pond and yeah. that's and that's and that's no discredit or no disrespect to anybody that i went to school with you know it's just my aspirations and my drive put me in a place where i didn't really have to and and, and just you know, kind of like my natural talents put me in a, in a place where i didn't have to apply myself with everything that i had yeah you didn't have to give 100 percent effort to get what you needed to i get. didn't have to yeah and i didn't realize the impact that that was having on me that was creating a habit I was creating a habit of not putting forth my my entire effort. And when I got the Syracuse and I got my first F, I said, my stars. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going well. So I thought it was great. Where does I, F I, came you from? Know, where does F come from? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and now I think I have like a – if I don't have a 4.0, I have a 3.8 right now because um, I definitely got mm. – But I was going to say, there's no way you got on. What are you talking about? This semester or oh, total no, GPA? No, no, no. It wasn't an FG. No, it wasn't an F grade. It was an F on an assignment. Oh, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was nah, gonna say you ain't gonna get nah. no four point oh, no, with an no, F dog. No, no, we don't take no Fs around here. <laughs> about to get kicked out the program. Nah, nah, nah. We don't take no Fs around here. Nah, nah, nah. But I got an F on an assignment. I was like, what? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. What? And, and the MPA program, you know, is competitive. It's full of students who have these political aspirations, and we sizing each other up. We like, ooh, you know, like you might be a natural leader. I, right, you know what I'm saying? Like we're making connections and shit. I met a dude. Um, I, 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 I was speaking. Uh, during a class, I was speaking on a controversial issue, and after the class, he was like, "Yo, I like what you were saying. I like the way you carry yourself. You know, I think you really do. Yo, when you run, I want to be a campaign manager. Like that's the type of that's the type of vibe. That's the type of time. Y'all that's are. the that's the type of time that these people are on because like this this program has political connections. Like we've had what I think Biden went to Syracuse. You know what I'm saying? And Biden's the fucking president now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's a connect. If I ever you seen know what I'm saying? <laughs> like um. I think he went to this MPA. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of clout in this type of program, and what that taught me was that I have to hold myself to a standard because if I want to stand out, if I want these people to be inspired by me, and if I want these people to be comfortable being led by me, I have to prove to them why I should be the leader. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because when you're in a room full of leaders, you got to prove why you're the top dog. Right, and I'm not. Saying That's a fact because everybody's trying to be top. Every, every when you have a room full of type A's, like they only respect the work. They don't give a fuck about your ideas. They only respect what you could put out there, right? So like, you have to come correct, and that's something that I did not take away from Westcom, but it's something that I have definitely peeped at Syracuse. It's definitely something that I've incorporated to my professional academic practice. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, and I think is really important, is emotional energy. Um, and I, I could connect that to my professional career as well. But, like, something I realized at Syracuse, you know, because I was going through a very difficult breakup when I first got there, and I was just fucking rough. And, like, you know, there was times I wasn't working, I wasn't focused, you know, I just felt, you know, like, all fucked up. And I was spending so much emotional energy on, you know, focusing on this relationship. Emotional energy has a place in a workplace. It does. You're not supposed yeah. to expend it necessarily there, right? You're not supposed to let it get to you like that. But you can serve it so that you can do what you got to do, right? And if you coming into work spent, if yeah, your mind is somewhere else, you're not gonna be, you know, you're not gonna be, you know, moving the way that you want to. Um, and that was something. Not allowing, first and foremost, my job to sap my emotional energy, and then not allowing other aspects of my life to take away from what I can bring to the to, to the table with my career. You know, that's that's definitely something that has for both work and school has been a huge thing for me is learning how to allocate my energy to compartmentalize. And emotional intelligence has been huge, dog. It has been huge, huge. So, so and, yeah. and 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 that emotional t- intelligence piece is something that, you know, just like we were talking about schools lack teaching you professionalism, but yeah. not just schools, but a lot of people's upbringing. Yeah. You know, you're not brought to be 
emotionally intelligent Ooh. or understand emotions and the capacity that yeah. how they affect you, how they affect you in the workplace, how they affect your relationships with other people. There's a lot of people out there who can't process emotions and That's it completely throws a wrench in everything they try to do, whether it's relationships, whether it's the workplace, whether it's bonds with their, their family or children yeah. or whatever it may be. So the fact that you figured out from young, you know, yeah. Relatively. You figured, <laughs> yeah. yeah, young, bro, you figured it out a lot earlier than a lot of other people. That's a fact. You know, the same way you said you had an uncle who was in his 40s that didn't know how to tie a tie. Yeah. There are people in their 40s that don't know how to process emotions yeah. and <laughs> it's affecting all of their relationships. That's a fact. So uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you, you know, man. I appreciate so that. Thank chronicling you. that journey and everything that you've gone through and getting from <laughs> kicked out of school to number one program in the country, I think that's amazing and it's something to be shared. And that's why, you know, one of the main reasons I wanted to get you here on the platform, man, Thank get you. you on Daily Dimensions. Uh, another thing I want to talk about is our, you know, we started off talking about it, our 21 years of friendship, man. What about it? What you about know, it? <laughs> not a lot of people can say they they – They've been rocking with the same people since like six years old, man. Yeah. And and that's something we we I don't think we sought out to be like the best of friends in the beginning. Sure. It kind of just happened organically. And it, yeah. it and for people who see me and Isaiah's relationship, I'm like, oh yeah, Isaiah's your best friend. But we didn't become best friends until college. Like at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at all. And then it just took off. And from that point on, I can definitely say Isaiah has been a benefit to me, and I hope that I've been a great benefit You're to right. him, man. You're right. And, like, he's been my recommendation, <laughs> my reference on a million jobs, yeah, yeah, yeah. write the greatest reference letters, man. And, um, you know, I, I argue with him a lot. And it's not because I disagree with him, but I like to challenge his mind. He didn't know I was doing it either. But I used to purposely disagree with him just so we could argue about stuff because I felt like it made me a better person. Yeah. And it was <laughs> low key, it was making him a better person. He didn't know what was happening. He was just pissed off because <laughs> he's like, <laughs> Smitty, this is stupid. Why would you think like that? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that don't make no sense. Yeah. All right, whatever. You're just <laughs> so. But the fact that we had that kind of dynamic where yeah. we're challenging each other's minds, I think that's something special, man. And, you know, I hope that, uh, Moving forward, we could continue to do great things together, man. I definitely appreciate your presence in my life, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you know? yours, you know. So so wait, hold on. What's the question? <laughs> no, nah, that's not a question, bro. Yeah, I'm trying to give you your flowers while you still here. <laughs> Thank you, bro. <laughs> you know, real shit. Nah, real shit. You know, uh my 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 opinion on that, you know, um, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I I I'm really working on something, you know, and, and that's why I'm here today. I'm working on because you know, like, uh, like you can tell from this from this interview, I'm very focused on my career. I'm yeah. very focused on my future path, and I feel like you know I have to a degree not focused on my my personal relationships. You know, like you know, people ask you ask people about me. Oh, Isaiah forgets birthdays. Oh, Isaiah, you know, da 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 da. You know, like, but I'm I want I'm at this point in my life where I want people in my life whom I love and that I care about. I want them to know that, and I want that to be felt. You know, like, I don't want to have to just say it, you know what I'm saying, like, on a random, mm -hmm. or not even on, I'm, I'm like, I don't want it to be, like, forced in, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to just let people know that I care about them in times when it's, like, it's really needed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. motherfucking life is short, and I think if 2020 has taught us anything, life is very short. You got to appreciate the people around you. So when I say I love you, Smitty, I love you, bro. Like, I've loved you, like, <laughs> like a brother for a long time. Yo, real shit, like, yeah. and I think the, the, the fact that we have been friends for 21 years it speaks to the fact that we're very real and we're very intentional 
about maintaining our friendship. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we, let's yeah. be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be real honest. We both real analytical people. We're logical people. Yeah. Right. You know who who belongs in your life and who's contributing to it and who doesn't. Mm. And we have intentionally made sure that we are positive That's factors fact. in yeah. each other's lives for this whole time. You know what I'm saying? You outgrow some people. But you and I are always going to push each other. And and that's why we're friends. Like, And that's like, like, that is very important to be intentional about your relationships. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. You know, I'm trying to let people know that I love them. That's, that's, that's major, man. You know, and, you know, you were saying also how you were like mostly known for your aspirations. Yes. And you don't want that to be all that you were known for. Exactly. You don't want to be at the end of your life, the end of the road. And people are like, well, you know, Isaiah, he was always ambitious. You also want people to be like, Isaiah was loving, you yeah. know, Isaiah was caring or, you yeah. know, this is the impact he made on my life. You yeah. know, you don't want it to just be, yeah, he got a degree from Syracuse <laughs> and he went on to be the senator of whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, you don't yeah. want it to just be that. Um, yeah. But as you're growing to want to be seen in this different light, do you feel like before, I don't know if you're starting to balance it out now, but do you feel like because you're always thinking with the end in mind that you kind of didn't stop to smell the roses along the way? Yes. That you missed out on those things? Yes, um, definitely. Um, when I was in college, um, and that's why I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to, you know, like kind of move away from that now. I, I definitely kind of, like I said, I was trying to form myself into this person who I thought would be successful, yeah. who would be capable of achieving the aspirations that I have. And I, I started distancing myself from my personal relationships. I started saying, oh, you know, like, well, this takes away my time and my energy. Uh, uh, you know, I want to be able to focus on what's really important. <laughs> and I started really doing damage to myself and I didn't realize that. Or I didn't realize that. So I, you know, I was distancing myself from my emotions. I was undervaluing them. I was undervaluing my personal relationships. And so, yeah, I wasn't smelling the roses. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I wasn't. You know, and I've got failed I've got failed relationships because of that. I was trying to be this cold dude. You know, I was trying to be this dude that you know didn't need anybody. Didn't you know, like was always gonna be good. You know, I was, and that's not me. That's 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 not anybody. I'm a man. I'm just. I'm really. Just, I'm a person. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And and once I came to terms with that, and it was rough because I had to really, I had to really look at myself because, like I said, I was at Syracuse. You know, there was there was a point where I was depressed. I was doing I was doing bad emotionally. And I had to look at myself and I had to acknowledge that my emotions were fucking my aspirations up. I wasn't going to get nowhere mm -hmm. until I dealt with these emotions. And then I said, oh, shit, I'm an, an emotional person. <laughs> <laughs> I, so it took me all these years to find yeah, it out. But Yo, real shit. Dang, I got feelings. I have feelings. <laughs> and I, not only do I have feelings, but they're worth expressing, they're worth acknowledging, they're worth, you know, they're worth <laughs> processing, and they're worth expressing to those people whom I need to express them to. You know what I'm saying? So... So yeah, so uh, I definitely missed out on some shit. Like I definitely missed out on aspects of myself that I could have explored um, a, a lot more. I definitely, you know, had some relationships that <laughs> I had relationships that could have gone a lot better. Yeah. Um, because I, I I thought I was, you know, I don't know who the fuck I thought I was. I thought I was just this cold dude. You know, I thought I was, you know, I don't know, I don't know who the fuck yeah, I thought. That ice box where your heart used to Yo. be. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dog, real shit, real shit. You know, I thought I was fucking Dr. Doom or something, you know, like, real, yo, real shit. I thought I was just, you know, I was trying to be like this, you know, mastermind leader, politician dude, but still caring about people, but like in a larger overarching type of sense, yeah. you know, in a macro sense. And I was not paying attention to my personal relationships. And, and that's where I'm at right now. You know, I really want to, I really want my friends to know that I love them. I want my family to know that I love them. I want them to feel that shit. You know, I want to be present as much as I can. And it's hard because I live far away now um, in Syracuse. Um, 
but uh, I, I want people to know, you know, that I'm I'm here for them and and that you know I value I value their place in my life. So piggybacking off of you, you know, wanting people to feel like you're here for them, uh, for the people listening and for a younger generation and for for anybody really, what is your advice for the next person coming up that's trying to grow in the direction that you're growing in? What's some advice that you could give them from now so that they don't have to go through the things you went through mm. to learn it? Ooh, shit. All right. Um, first and foremost, um, take care of yourself. Uh, you have to take care of yourself because if you have aspirations to make change in the world, um, recognize that the world does not like to be changed. The status quo likes to remain in place, right? The powers that be have power, <laughs> yeah, right? And so, for a reason. Um, and, and we talk about, you know, like this kind of activist burnout. We talk about that. Um, so you got to take care of yourself. Um, and it's not all done in one day. Another thing that you got to learn is that you can't do it dolo, right? You can't do it by yourself. You have to create a network. You have to create a crew, create a village of like-minded people that share yet, not just necessarily share your aspirations, but share, you know, like your, at least your sentiments, right? People that are going to build you, right? And, and support you, be there for you. Yeah. You have to have that, especially you going into the, you know, a predominant, especially if you're a person of color, you know, you're going into a predominantly white institutional organization or wherever you're going into, um, you, you got to be able to, you, you got to be able to ground yourself. And oftentimes that's found in the network that you create of like-minded people or people that you can identify and relate with. You have to create that village. It's absolutely necessary. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think you can, only go as far as the people you keep around you. Yeah. Uh, if you're surrounding yourself with people who lack ambition or, yeah. or are just in the club all the time or just their, their priorities don't line up with your priorities. Exactly. You got to reexamine that circle. And yeah. I think that's something that's really hard for people to do is to reexamine their circle yeah. and to start to distance themselves from things that don't line up with where they're headed in life. Yeah. You know, that's 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 a huge piece. That's been hard even for me, you know, because yeah. I'm the kind of person I'm trying to keep everybody around forever. but i've grown to start to define my relationships with people and i think that's something that people lack. you have to be able to define that relationship not everybody is your best friend you know not everybody's your best friend and not everybody is your friend some people are just associates some people play certain positions in your life and being able to place people in your life where they need to be placed so that you can grow the way you need to grow and move in the direction you need to move and that lines up with what your purpose is and what you're trying to do yeah. is completely important man so that's my little bit of game that i want to last game man drop with people man um oh oh last piece of game yeah something somebody said to me you know i was having an issue when i in my first year at syracuse you got to choose the hill that you want to die on and, and what I, and what they mean by that is like you got to choose what type of dispute or conflict that you are resolute on that mm. this is really in your principles and it's really something that you are willing to fight about and lose stuff on, lose stuff about. Yeah. You know, like, so if you have an issue with a supervisor, if you have an issue with a colleague, whatever, what have you, like, and, you, and you're dragging that shit, ask yourself, is this the hill is this, that, yeah. that I want to die on? Because it... Well, Oftentimes, you ask yourself that you're like, nah, this is this is too small a hill. This is <laughs> yeah, too small. This isn't worth it. This yeah, isn't worth it. Inconsequential of a hill, you know. It's, it's better to, to to devote that energy back to yourself. I'm gonna be honest with you. The hill I'm willing to die on, right? Okay. Chris Brown is the goat. You know, I think he's been an excellent interview. <laughs> I think you know he should have did that yeah. versus with Usher. He'd have clapped <laughs> Usher, dog. Chris Brown is the goat, and um, I'm dying on that hill. I mean. 
word. It's okay. I right? don't know I what just, to say. It's, it's cool. But um, so the last little thing I want to ask you, or okay, yeah, big thing rather, is what are your goals for 2021? Because as we're recording this, it's New Year's Eve, man. It's New you Year's know, Eve. People aren't going to hear it for hey, a little man. while, but cheers. it's New Year's Eve. Cheers. cheers. Let's cheers toast to that. You feel me? Hey, yeah. Um, but what are your goals for 2021, man? Uh, my goal for 2021, um, get this promotion. Uh, but not actually. Let me let me talk about in an in overarching sense. Mm. Take myself more seriously. You know, like Ooh. take myself more seriously. You know, um, I feel like even though I've been doing a lot of things really well, I've been I've been made a, I've made a lot of progress. I, I've grown tremendously in the past year. Yeah. Um. I just you know I, it's time to take myself more seriously. You know, like it's it's time for my mom. You know, to stop following my taxes, I can follow my own taxes. You still follow you? My mom follows everybody's taxes, first and foremost. My mom's great at taxes. She like that? She loves taxes. <laughs> okay. But you know what I'm saying? But, like, it's time for me to, to start taking a lot of other, like, because I'm very serious in the professional field. I'm very serious in the, in the academic field. But, you know, just focusing on some of the more personal aspects of my own life, I need to take those things more seriously because they will enable me to do more in the other aspects that I focus on. You know, like, so if I'm good with, with my own foundation, then I'm gonna be able to just be more impactful, to go further and go faster um, with my professional academic career. So you know, just take it, better care of myself, take myself seriously. You know, fucking eat vegetables. You know, yeah. but, you know, real, no, real <laughs> shit, real shit. Stretch. You know, you know what I mean? Stretch. Saying? All of that. Drink <laughs> water. Drink mad water. You know, like take my take my health seriously. Take my my relationship seriously. Yeah. You know, yeah take yeah. take my work seriously. You know, like uh, even though I do great work, you know, I'm not always on time to work. I'm no, not, I'm no. not. I'm not. Always You're on. not really always on time for anything, but you know, I, you unless know, it's something you want to do. Exactly. <laughs> if, if I'm if I'm running that shit, oh, we punctual, right? But if it's something I don't really care about, it's it's something that you can tell by you know how I treat, how I show up, when or when I show up. <laughs> I'm gonna look good. I'm gonna have you know I'm gonna have what I can contribute to you know to to whatever we're talking about or whatever we're doing. But I may not be on time, and that's you know just taking myself seriously in those smaller aspects. That's my my large goal for the, for for 2021. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I don't, I'm not really a New Year's dude. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I, I'm not me really, neither, you know, man. I don't make resolutions and shit. Uh, but but you know, I got everything I wanted for Christmas. No resolutions, just goals, man. Word. <laughs> and Word. there's nothing wrong with that. But I want to say thank you, man. Thank you for coming on the show. You're thank you welcome. for dropping the gems that you dropped, and just thank you for being you, man. I appreciate you here. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully, this ain't the last time we get you on the show, man. I had to snag you while you was here in Connecticut. I know you're going yeah. back to New York soon, mm-hmm. but. Thank you for coming on, man. You're very welcome, bro. Thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, if y'all haven't already, go add Isaiah on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely add me on LinkedIn and support all my skills. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into another episode. This is the last thing I've recorded here in 2020. Y'all are going to hear it in 2021. But thank you for continuing to be here on this journey. Thank you for listening, liking, comments, and subscribing. Tell a friend to tune in. And until next time, this is Daily Dimensions. Peace. <laughs>